Episode 15, we're talking about finding your purpose. Finding your purpose after you've given your life to Jesus. So many times we know, well, people talk about give your life to Jesus, but what are you supposed to do after you give your life to Jesus? What's that life supposed to look like? How are you supposed to shine your light? How are you supposed to let the people out there in the world, your neighbors, your friends, your co-workers, your family, see the light of God all over you? So tonight, that's what we are talking about is finding your purpose after you give your life to Jesus. So I'm super excited to have in the studio tonight with me, Dalton Farmer. So you want to make sure you tune in all the way to the end because it's going to be an amazing night. So you know what? I love shining my light no matter where I'm at. If I'm at work, if I'm at home, if I'm around my family, if I'm talking to my neighbors, I just love to let people know that I love Jesus and that I love um, just shining my light whenever I can get a chance. And so one of my favorite places to shine my light for Jesus is around my family. My family's a godly family, but it's just cool to shine your light around people, to live a life that people um, it impacts people, and it just is encouraging to know that people want you to be a part of their big spiritual moments. And so uh, this past month has been a uh, pretty cool moment. My brother Casey, he has a son. He's got four kids. He has a son named Swade. And Swade's 11 years old, I believe. And um, so Swade was driving around with Casey the, about a few weeks ago. And uh, he, he knew that we were our family was having this big lake trip. And so he asked Casey. He said, hey, is Uncle B, he calls me Uncle B-Rad. Uncle, is Uncle B-Rad going to be at the lake on, um, when we go to the lake? And Casey's like, well, I'm sure he'll be there for a few days. So he's like, uh, well, I just want to ask him something. And I had no idea what he wanted to ask me. So Casey told me that Swade had something he wanted to ask me. And so he called, uh, Kate, when we were at work one day, Casey called home and Swade got on the phone. I thought Swade, he loves to fish. I thought he was going to ask me about something about fishing or whatever. I had no idea what he was going to ask me. But he got on the phone, his sweet little voice, and he said, he said, hey, Brad, are you going to be at the lake and I said, yeah, buddy, I'll be there. And he said, well, um, will you baptize me? <laughs> oh, man, he caught me so off guard. I was tearing up. I was like, yeah, man, I'll baptize you. And so we went to the lake, and I want to show you some uh, pictures here. This is... Uh, this is me and Swade right before we get before oh. he baptizes. And um, so there is Swade there. And then we get down into the water. And this is a picture of me getting to baptize wow. Swade. This is um, uh, this is just him going underwater and um, you know being baptized and having this special moment. And then we come up out of the water. Here he is right here. So check him out with that big hug, just a bear hug, just an amazing moment there for my family because my brother Casey, before this moment, got to share the gospel with my entire family there, and that was awesome, and then following it up with a baptism. And you know what's super cool is through Swade's 
obedience to the Lord. He felt that God wanted him to be baptized, and he just said, he said, you know, he dreamed all this up on his own. Well, the Holy Spirit was speaking to him. Hey, will you get Brad to baptize you at the lake when we're down there? He came up with all this on his own. His whole, the Holy Spirit led all of this. And through Swade's obedience to be baptized, then it began to move in my family. And there was somebody else that, as I opened it up afterwards, is there anybody else that wants to be baptized? And my sister-in-law, Cheyenne, which is my brother Joe's wife, she came down and was like, hey, I just, I, I, I got saved when I was really young, but I really didn't know what I was doing about the baptism, and I want to be baptized um, in my older, since I've got older, and I understand it more, and I've just gone through a lot, and I just want a fresh start and to be freshly cleansed by the blood of Jesus, and she came down and said all this stuff in front of my family, and Cheyenne, I have pictures of you too, but you were in your bathing suit, so I didn't know if you want me to post that all over the internet, so I didn't put a picture of you up there, so, uh, but uh, she came down and had a, ba and she was baptized there with Sway, we got a picture, and it was just an awesome moment in a daily life moment. You know what I'm saying? I just love when you get to share the light of Jesus in your daily life, like where you're walking at work, with your neighbors, with your family, wherever it may be. And that was just a, such a cool moment. We were just there. We paused for a moment. Everybody sat, got to hear the gospel, and got to see baptism. And you just got to see the light of God all over Swade and all over Cheyenne. You can feel the Holy Spirit. You feel God's presence right there at the lake. God will meet you wherever you want to talk about Him and wherever you want to shine your light. And so that was super cool to be a part of that. And so thank you all for allowing me to be a part of that. Casey and Sonny Lee, thank you for allowing me to baptize Swade. And Swade, thank you for thinking about that and Cheyenne for being a part of that moment. But talking about finding your purpose after you give your life to Jesus, man, this, was, this is where it's at, guys. It's just shining your light no matter where you go. And I feel like sometimes we just forget to shine our light in our family and the people closest to us. And that's where God tells us to start when the Holy Spirit comes on us. He says to go. He starts in the city you live in. Then you go, the circle goes out until it goes to the uttermost parts of the earth. But what was super cool was Swade when he told um, Casey that he wanted to get saved a couple of years ago. He said, I just don't want God to be upset with me because of my sin. Whew, man, it made me tear up. Y'all, if you're out there, that's what the gospel is all about, is that the gospel takes away our sin. It, it takes away out between us and the Lord. Like right now, my hand is in between the camera. You can't see me. My hand's representing sin, but when we give our life to Jesus... He takes away the sin. He takes away what upsets our relationship with God. And Swade at a young age felt that, and he wanted that removed, and he wanted to have a relationship with Jesus, and he wanted to be baptized to show people, hey, I'm a public follower of Jesus, and I'm not scared of it. I'm not ashamed of it. So if you're out there and you've never been baptized, or maybe you're like Cheyenne and you've been through a lot and you want a fresh start, a clean start, you ever want to be baptized, shoot me a message on Messenger. Shoot me a message any way you can. Me and Haley have a pool here at the house. We'd love to baptize you. We've had people baptized in our pool, and it's just a cool moment. So if you're out there and you want to get baptized, let us know. We would love to baptize you out there. So uh, look, that was an awesome, awesome moment. And so you know what? Tonight we're talking about finding our purpose, and I don't want to go anymore without bringing on my brother. Come on, put your hands together 
for my brother, Dalton Farmer. What is <laughs> up, my brother? Man, What's going on, the man? The crowd is going wild. Yeah. Oh, they yeah, love you out nice. there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they they love yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Man, know, how are man. you doing, Beautiful brother? Side. I'm doing? doing nice. I like it. Uh, I like here, man. This is a, a beautiful place. Um, face to face with a, a slice of pizza. But yes. I want to overcome that temptation. Okay. okay. So yeah. we're, well, we're just going to keep moving. If you get hungry during the episode, just get that last piece because I'm going to hammer it when it's <laughs> over. So Don't tempt me with a good time. <laughs> you know what? I, Dalton, I love you, but I'm a little salty. I got something to, I got something to pick mm. with you. Last year, we did the fantasy football and man, I got lucky and had a great draft. I drafted Josh mm. Allen in the third, Josh Jacobs in the fourth, and it was just a great draft. I think I think yeah. I went undefeated or only lost one game during the whole regular season. I get mm -hmm. to the playoffs and I run into you and you took me down. My and powerhouse I, team. <laughs> Look, let me, man, here's the best part about it is that I was, uh, I, I think I was last place at one point in yeah, the league. Yeah. And I barely got into our playoffs. We had six seed oh, and I man. was number six and you were number one. And I took down Goliath. That's exactly what happened. Oh my God. Thank gosh. you, Alvin Kamara. Thank yeah, you. yeah. I was so upset with that. Didn't you win it all? Didn't you win the, the, the league that <laughs> year? Thank you for reminding me, Brad. I absolutely did. Went Look at this Thank right you. here. This this is the yeah. fantasy football champion right there. <laughs> yeah. I got to give it to him. But yeah. our draft's coming up soon here in September, and I'm excited to be a part of it again. And I'm taking you down this year, man. That's just all there is to it. That's what I'm you said last time. <laughs> I know. We're all gunning for you. You know that. You know yeah. we're coming for you. So this is Dalton Farmer. Yeah. If you don't know Dalton, he lives out in Aniana. He works for the city of Aniana as the director of human resources in the city of Aniana. What an awesome job. Thanks for serving the city and the state. And he's also the pastor of First Independent Church in Aniana. How long have you been the pastor there, uh, Dalton? Uh, a little over a year. Uh, a little actually over probably a about year. year and a half. Yeah. Wow, year and a half, man. He's got an awesome church going on out there. A lot of people out there that just love God. I mean, just love making an impact in the community, spreading the gospel. He invited me and Haley to come out and, and speak a couple months ago at their revival that they had. It was an awesome, awesome time, and we really appreciate it. I do have a picture of Dalton and his family here. So check this out right here. Ooh. So that's Dalton, his yeah. wife, Kayla. Hey, Kayla, how are you doing out there? And then we what got Judah. Look at Judah in those in those uh, 4th of July swimming trunks or whatever he's got going on there. How yeah. old is Judah now? He is three now. He's yeah. three. Wow. Now it looks like you got your arms full of a bundle of joy right there. Tell us about Absolutely. the new addition to your family. Yes, that is little Miss Sadie Roy. Sadie. Uh, she is, yeah, she's going on three months now. Um, but yeah, man, she is, she is a bundle of joy. That's for sure. Wow. Three months old. And this yeah. is a picture of her at two months old, two months Woo! old. Look how beautiful she is, man. Does she still just steal your heart? Don't she? Absolutely. That Absolutely. is yeah, awesome, man. So you know what? I cannot wait to experience this with you. Um, mm. I, me and Haley are just on the way with that. This is a picture of our 4d. You didn't see it last week. This is our 4d picture of our little baby girl who is, uh, um, October 9th is the due date. We are super excited for her to come. Look at that little nose, that little smirk. 
Oh my goodness, man! I am. I, I know you're in love with your little girl, and I'm already oh, yeah. in love with mine. We're me and Haley are just melting over here as we as the time draws nearer. So, uh, this is Dalton. This is his family. And Dalton, man, you, you, you're such a godly man, man, and just leading your family, leading your community uh, with the Lord. But one of the things that you had said a while back is that you were out there in your, I think you had some just land, and you were on the tractor. And you said, man, I was on the tractor, and when I get on the tractor and I get away from everything else, it's like I begin to spend time with the Lord and He begins to speak to me. Is it true? Can God speak to you on a tractor? Absolutely. Anywhere. <laughs> I can speak to you anywhere. And of all places, it was a tractor. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I remember it was we, we were just trying to get some things together, trying to clear out some land yeah. um, that we had getting our driveway. And I think we just had a driveway fix. And I, I remember I was trying to burn some logs. Yeah, um, that was that was definitely a, a job. But I just remember uh, I was listening I don't remember what song I was listening to, uh, but I, I just I was just praying, just trying to just to get into his presence, just to talk with him. Right. Just, yeah. just to have a, a, a conversation. And um, I just remember thinking about my ministry and what, what was in store for me and what the future was going to look like. And there was this point. Now, I want to say you never know where you're at and it, you never know which, where you're going to go. Right. Right. Um, in, in, in the future. But. I knew that as long as I was with God, I was okay. And so there was just this point. I was just thinking about what it could be, how big or small my ministry should be, how big or small the church is going to be. And and, and I just saw God just come over and speak over me. And he was just like, don't forget what it was about. Don't yeah. forget what it was about. Don't forget. And, and it was just this moment to where he was reminding me, essentially my ministry is about going out and making disciples come on and i feel like at that point in time i was making my ministry about so much more so much Ooh. more about the programs of the church the way the service should be the way we should worship and then god was just trying to tell me and it was like not only now but in a way of in the future just to remember this because sometimes I feel like God will speak to us and it may not apply to our lives at that moment, yeah. but we need to remember it in the future. Come and on. and that's, I mean, that's prophecy. You know, that's yeah. just essentially yeah. as the prophecy is to saying, Hey, remember this moment yes. in the future and you will know why I spoke to you here. Come on. And so that was just essentially, and we've, we've made it just a, a an inside joke, just the guy's, Stay on the tractor. Stay on the tractor. <laughs> you got to stay on the tractor. You know, we, yeah. we, we had this little group that we go out and eat dinner with, and and we just have the tractor emoji like on our little text group because it's like it just reminds us all to stay on the tractor. Stay there. Stay spending time with God, listening to God, because God can speak to you anywhere at any time. And so I just this whole podcast is about people developing a relationship with Jesus and knowing that they can spend time with God anywhere. They don't have to be at church or they spend time with God on a tractor at home in their car, wherever it may be. And so this is just another example. I did have a, just a beautiful picture of a tractor right here. I just like, this feel like that. Oh, this is nice just, one. this, this is a nice one. That's right. This is where Dalton, yeah. he gets on his tractor. He goes out there and then imagine you just sitting on there, no matter where you are, that tractor represents where you're going to be this week. It could be on a break at work. It could be in the car on the way to work. It could be anywhere. It could be home by yourself, wherever it may be. This represents you out there knowing that you can spend time with God at any place, any time, and God will meet you there. And so this, Dalton, your story about being on the tractor really 
helps us to, to know that God can do that. You were talking about it, though, upstairs a minute ago about how um, you know, how God just tries to get your attention. He has to speak to you over and over again. You're kind yeah, of giving an yeah. example about your son uh, getting on the chair or whatever. Give that example again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, it, it's just an, an epiphany that came on. And so, of course, uh, I have a, I have a toddler, right? Three, mm-hmm. three years old. At the time, he was two. And I don't know if you know this, but toddlers, they just don't like to listen sometimes, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, I, I'm afraid uh, I'm sometimes, in for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it's going to happen. Don't worry. That's um, right. And so something that. that Sometimes I will do, and I, I just didn't realize it, but uh, if, if he wasn't listening, let's say I'm trying to get him to sit back in his chair, and instead of just trying to yell, and, uh, and I know it happens, right, to the best of us, and so I would just repeat myself, Judah, yeah. get on the chair, 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 <laughs> until he listens, and he's like, yeah. oh, dad wants me to get on the chair, and right. so uh, there was just something that came over me when, when I came to this realization when God was speaking into me. That's the exact same way he speaks to me. Wow. And it, it was just weird because remember we we're talking about the tractor and he was just and he was just saying, Don't forget, don't forget what it's for. Don't forget what it's for. Don't mm. forget what it's for. And it happened again. Uh I I told you about uh Sadie and and in that moment, but there was there was another one that uh, we were talking about like the ministry in the future and i was ta- i was thinking about how like the the size of course most yeah. pastors are the unfortunate truth is we're we're judged based off of how many people we can fit in a room right yeah, yeah. and I, I just remember being just thinking and a little discouraged and thinking well how many people am i supposed to pour into and at the same time i'm thinking i don't want to focus so much on having a a large crowd to preach in front of and i just got so terrified of what would happen to me if all i focused on was the crowd right right. and i just felt god speak over me in that moment and he said i gave you that desire Mm, i gave you that desire i gave you that desire i gave you that desire and he was just and he he told me again he said just don't forget why i gave you that desire it's not about you it's not about you dalton it's about me and and so it it brings me to when i was thinking uh i was studying into uh speaking of tongues right and there's this part where it's it's speaking of different languages and i I just remember thinking god speaks my language Mm, right he speaks our language not just english Spanish, French, German, whatever. He speaks. He knows how to get your attention, right? Yeah, and yeah. so I just remember like the uh, the analogy that uh, came to mind was like when Kayla says, hey, let's let's go to Trustful. Let's go eat at Metro Diner and get as many uh, chicken and waffles as we can have. <laughs> and I just think, you know what? You're speaking my language, honey. There I you love go. you so much. That's you know, right. like, Come on. Now you're speaking my language. That's you know? it. And so that's God. Like he speaks your language. He knows how to get Come your attention. On. He that's knows right. how to speak to you. Mm, and all you good. have to do is listen, right? Yeah, that's all that's you right. got to do. It may not be audible. It, it can just be like him moving through you and the gentle nudge that he may have. But just remember, he, he wants to speak to you. He wants to have that relationship. No, absolutely. And that's what you were developing out there on the tractor. And that's what spoke to me so yeah. much. And, you know, finding your purpose after you give your life to Jesus, really the first purpose is developing a relationship with God and knowing that you can have that relationship with God at school, at work, out on a tractor, in the car, in, anywhere that you're at. And that's what God seeks more than anything. And the first commandment is what? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. 
And that is our first commandment, and that's yeah. where we go after. So if you're looking for your first purpose, it's just simply to mm. have a relationship with God. God's not wanting you to memorize the book of John today. He's just wanting you to say hey to him. Right. He just wants you to talk to him. And maybe he's just get on a tractor and listen. And when you hear that same thing from God over and over and over again, he's probably just trying to speak to you. You could be, hey, get this out of your life, or hey, go here, or move here, take this job, or you know, date this person, or don't date this person, or whatever it may be. When you begin yeah. to hear him and have this relationship with him, you begin to walk with him and, and grow in this intimate relationship with him. And that's what is most important. So you, we had yeah. talked earlier in the week and you said, um, you talked about how your desire for God comes from the inside, not something mm. you can fabricate on the outside. Yeah. Talk about that a little yeah. bit, man. But you know, that's what we love to do, right? We, we, uh, well, we love to show on the outside who we are. Right. We love yeah. to. And I think it's just our culture as human beings uh, when it comes to being a part of a church or being a yeah. part of ministry or just trying to show that we're Christian. Right. We think of what church should be like. I should be dressed up in a certain way. I should wear a top, uh, a certain type of clothing. I should not have my hat on in the church or, you know, and, and right. we think like we follow these rules and that's what shows if we're believers or not. And so mm -hmm. I remember uh, it was last week I was talking about the fig leaves, right? Uh, whenever Jesus cursed the fig tree. And in essence, it was like we what we do in, in and I don't know if you um, if you remember in Genesis chapter, I want to say it's chapter three, where Adam and Eve, when they fell, right? Yeah. And whenever they realized they were naked, do you know what they covered themselves with? Mm, it was fig, fig leaves. leaves. Wow. Yeah. And, and you know what God did after that is that he slayed an animal mm -hmm. and, he, and he covered them with the animal that he slayed. Wow. And so Jesus now in Mark 11, I want to say it was Mark 11, he sees this fig, this fig tree and it's producing right. leaves, but not producing fruit. Right. Wow. And so, it, and he says, no, let no one eat from you again. And then he goes all Indiana Jones in the temple with the whip <laughs> and, you know, tossing the tables and the yeah. chairs and, and of course, and then he comes back and you see the tree and the tree, the, the, the leaves are withered and the tree is dead. And, and the disciples are like, well, you, you killed the tree. And he mm. said, well, have faith. If you have faith, you can move a mountain. If you wow. have faith. And what he's trying to tell us is that these, these works that, that we want to produce, it comes from the inside, right? Wow. Just like yeah. defilement comes from within, your mm. works that you produce come from within. That's why Jesus said, I am the true vine and you're yes. the branch without me you can produce nothing come you on can produce right. nothing and he's saying that these works these good works they come from your heart and i don't care if you're wearing a three-piece suit right but you disrespect your your your, your brother and you, you show hate and your waitress or however would however yeah. which way you think it is right yeah how are you kind to people, right? And you Come just on. talked about the the first commandment, the uh, the most important one that Jesus told us was to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, yeah. and strength. And yeah. then the second one is likewise, is to love your neighbor as yourself. Are you Come doing on. that? Come right? on. Are you loving your neighbor as yourself? That's a good because word. if 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 not, 
that's you're you're just another barren tree Ooh. and what you're doing is you're covering yourself with fig leaves but god says i want you to drop the fig leaves let me cover you with an animal and mm. that let me cover you with the sacrifice and we yeah. know that that sacrifice in genesis uh it foreshadowed the sacrifice that god was going to give which was his son on the cross oh, for man. us Jesus. And that's where our work comes from. Dude, that's amazing. I really believe that. I feel like that so many times we focus on the gifts of the Spirit. Well, what the most powerful thing is, is the fruits of the Spirit. The oh, yeah. Fruits of the Spirit are way more powerful than the gifts of the Spirit. Because the fruits are the ones that develop on the inside when we have that close, intimate relationship with Jesus. Why do people go, why should I read my Bible? Why should I pray? Why should... Because when you're spending time with Jesus, you begin to bear the fruit of Jesus. Mm. You begin to bear the fruit of His Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is the fruit of Jesus. While He was walking on this earth, the Spirit of God gave... You know what I'm saying? You begin to develop yeah. that fruit. And so love comes when you didn't have love for your neighbor. It comes yeah. because you're spending time with Jesus. Like you were talking about in John 15, you start connecting... And that sap of from the vine runs into your branch, and all of a sudden you have love that you used to not have, or you have peace in the middle of a tough circumstance that you didn't Ooh. have, or you find joy when there's no reason you should have joy, or kindness, or faith, or yeah. all these different things. And so, man, this is amazing to sit back and to watch what God can do when you sit on a train. You don't have to be on your knees. Um, you know, for an hour to 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 receive the joy, to receive the fruit of the spirit from God. You can be sitting at your job. You can be sitting on a tractor, like you're talking about, spending time with God. When you're connected with Jesus in your spirit, in your mind, in your heart, when you're connected to Him, you're beginning to develop the fruit of the spirit, and that's how we begin to yeah. walk on this earth. That's how you find your purpose on this earth is by being connected to Jesus. And that's what we're talking about tonight. A lot of people go, you know what? I know how, I, I've heard a message of how to get saved, how to give my life to Jesus, but what then? Well, the way that you, I don't know how to love my neighbor. Here's what happens when you spend time with Jesus. That sap of his that is the, 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 in the vine, it goes into your branch, and all of a sudden you have love for people that you didn't know, and it moves you Ooh. in a new way. It impacts you to go out there and be the light of Jesus to people no matter where you are at. I love that, man. I love that. Amen. It's all coming from the inside. And so you said you've been uh, studying through um, Ephesians and talking about uh, yeah. just how to be a, a – in the, in the, in the in Ephesians talk about how to be a saint, how to be a disciple of Christ, and talk yeah. about what sainthood or dis a, a disciple of Jesus looks like in today's world. That really yeah. is the same thing as saying, how do I how do I live my life for Christ after I give it to Him? What does that look yeah. like? I know that you're a pastor and that you've been yeah. teaching people through the Book of Ephesians lately. What does that look like? How to be a saint or how to be a disciple here in 2023? Oh man, yeah. We'll see. Here's the here's the thing is that the word saint is uh, I think it's intimidating for some people, right? Yeah. Because uh, we, we look at what some definition or maybe the most prevalent definition of saint, um, which may not come from our religion or actually not our practice. Right. And so we think of, there was a, a, a standard or a pattern of usually it was somebody who was dead if somebody who had a certain type of miraculous work. And then some people would gather together to, to decide if this person is a saint or not. Right. But in Ephesians 1, 1, when Paul says to the saints 
in Ephesus. He's not talking about a, a higher class of Christian than other. He's not talking about varsity versus junior varsity. It's either A, are you in Christ or are you not in Christ? Wow. And that's what a saint is. And it's just, it, it, you're either a sinner or you're a sinner who is now a saint because of the blood of Jesus that has covered you. And and so it's that, that book of Ephesians, it, it gives us the the what, right? Yeah. What should we believe? And you get the first two chapters and, and you, you get that. You you get this such this deep theology and this like this this so much information that Paul is packed. He actually has yeah. this run on sentence from verse three to fourteen that <laughs> sets the tone for the rest of the book. Wow. And it's it's just crazy and it's wild. But then you get to see like the rest of the book, what unity looks like. Come on. What it looks like to to submit to one another, like for yeah. for wives and husbands. And and Come you on. just to see what it's like to to love one another. And just like you see how in Jesus he told us that they will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. On. That's so good. By your love for one another. That's how they will know. You know what we try to do too many times? We try to prove the Bible. Mm. We try, which there's a lot of proof for it, right? Sure. There's a lot of justification. Uh, there's a there's a lot of backing up that we can do for the scripture. And I told you a few weeks ago, whenever we had lunch about what I had to search for, for myself, right? Yep. About Jesus yep. and how real he was and his resurrection yeah. was. Oh, yeah. Powerful you know, we story. can back that up. <clears throat> but you know what will really show people that Jesus is true and that we're his disciples is how we love one another. And Man, that's and, so and, good. You know what? Just pause before you keep going. Is we, we try to make, I don't know if we try, but we all make Christianity so complicated when it really boils down to is, is it's very simple. It's just, Sometimes it's hard to carry out. Basically, yeah. you're finding your purpose after you give your life to Jesus is as simple as just loving the person right beside you at work, loving the yeah. person right beside you at home or at your family reunion or parties or, you know, uh, wherever you find yourself at school is loving that person. How can you help them? How can you serve them? Jesus says, I came to serve, not to be served. Mm. I came to give my life as a ransom for many. And so if we are followers of Christ, we're going to give our lives to those people around us. It's very simple, y'all. It's very simple. I, and I've told this story before on here, but I've got a neighbor a few houses down that had a, a tree had fallen down in his yard. He had these logs all over his yard. And I was like, hey, I kept driving by and I kept going, when's he going to pick up all these logs? You know what I'm saying? And like in my mind, you know what I'm saying? I'm thinking, and the Holy Spirit said, well, why don't you pick them up? You got a Ooh. truck. You can help him. Ooh. It's your neighbor. You know, do unto your neighbor as you would have someone do to you. Like, and I was like, yeah. well, I don't really want to pick. He's like, but so anyway, I went, I saw my neighbor out in the yard. I felt led by the Holy Spirit, went down there and just wanted to share the love of Christ with my neighbor and I just said, man, um, I'd love to help you pick up these logs. I got a truck and my parents live out in a place where I could just dump these logs in the woods, get them off of your hands, man. And he said, are you serious? You would do that for me? Because he was a vet and he was in a wheelchair. He couldn't do a lot of yard work and stuff. I said, man, I'd love to do that for you, man. And I said, I'll be here tomorrow morning, nine o'clock. I show up at nine o'clock the next morning by myself and it's burning up hot. And I began to pick up all these logs. You start picking up logs and your arms are scratching, your ants all over, yeah. you get sweating. And I just and I just kind of looked up to God. And I was like, this is not what I want to be doing at nine o'clock <laughs> on a Saturday morning. And then Dalton, all of a sudden, I heard this voice say, but this is what I want to be doing. Oh, and oh man, that hit me hard. 
It clicked in me. It clicked. Oh, man. You know what clicked? There truly is somebody else living inside of me. And if I'll get out of the way, Jesus would love to do a lot of things to help my neighbors, my friends, my coworkers, the people around me. Man, dude, it moved me. And that is what Christianity is about after you give your life to Jesus, is moving out of the way, listening to his voice, because there truly is somebody else living inside of you once you give your life to Jesus. And he's wanting to carry Mm -hmm. out godly just works if you all let him to, you know what I'm saying? Isn't that Absolutely. amazing? So that just, is, that is so amazing. That's it brings us to, to realizing now that our body is the temple, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. so much more than just thinking, Oh, don't, don't smoke, don't drink a certain way. You know, like the, the physical part, God, when he, when he tells us that through, uh, through scripture in the new Testament, that our body is the, the temple now that means that's where the presence of the holy spirit is that's where the presence of god is yeah you don't have to go to a tabernacle you don't have to climb under a a veil to get to the presence and if you don't belong there you may die you know you don't have to worry about that anymore because of this new covenant we're in all we have to do is just 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 be under his lordship and now he's with us all the time and he's always nudging us and just like you're talking about how when god said that's what i want to do i remember i was speaking to a uh uh, no, I was listening to a, a video from a, a, a I, I want to say it's a pastor in California that I really yeah. respect. Yeah. And he was talking about ministry and he said, uh, ministry is not just doing what you want to do. That's Disneyland. Ooh, <laughs> ministry God, is doing what God wants you to do. That's so good. That's so good, man. You know what? This is this is a good segue into this verse. I want to throw, throw a verse up here real quick. Let's read it. Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are God's handiwork created mm-hmm in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Dude, that is so amazing. Let's read it again. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Here's what God spoke to me about that. God has a purpose for us. After we give our life to Jesus, there is a purpose for us, and he has prepared good works for us to do in advance. That's amazing. It's like, I'm going to go to this place and they're going to give me this, you know, you know, when you go, when you have a job, and I'm not saying Christian is a job, I'm just saying, I'm making a, trying to make an, an analogy. When you go right. to your job, they give you things to do, right? Well, God yeah. has things lined up for us as Christians to do, to go on assignments with him. He has prepared those in advance for us to do, but here's what God spoke to me. It says that he's created works for us to do, but it never says that we'll do them. Mm. And let that sink in for a minute. Because a lot of people out there, man, well, I give my life to Jesus. I'm a follower of Christ. And then they go, well, I can just live how I want. I can do everything I want. You know, and, but they just forgetting that God's created works for you to do in advance, but it never says that you'll do them. You have to make the choice to do what God's called you to do, to sit on the tractor, spend time with God, mm-hmm. hear what he tells you, and then go and do it. To go help your neighbor, to go, you know, whatever it may be. You know what I'm saying? I know when you were talking about becoming a pastor, you were like, I don't know this is what I want to do, but you then began to feel led by God and you stepped in and began to answer that call. And I believe there's a lot of people out there that are watching this show tonight or going to watch the rerun and that you know that God's speaking to you about doing something, but you're running from it. This is where it comes into finding your purpose. The only way to find your purpose is to hear God's voice and to begin to be obedient to Him. The Bible says in Luke, it says, Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? 
When we mm. hear the voice of the Lord, we've got to do what He calls us to do, and that's how we find our purpose in this life. But y'all, God has it set up for you. If you'll just listen to Him, He'll tell you. And how amazing is it that we can hear the voice of God and just go do what God tells us to do. Don't you think that God's plans for our lives are way better than what we can come up with? And if we'll just follow his wow. plans, man, it's going to be amazing. So, mm. um, you know, you're talking about it's not your works that determine if you're a child of God. And you were talking Ooh. about being a child of God and being an adopted child yeah. of God. You were talking about earlier about how your mom is adopted and how talk yeah. about that, because that was such an amazing analogy yeah, yeah. about being adopted it talks about that in the book of ephesians yeah so my mom was adopted by um i call him granddaddy ball and and so it was just it was something that um she was talking about how it was and we'll get to this in a minute but um she he he chose her right mm -hmm. he wanted her in his family now together wow. and you know what he also did when he what? adopted her what he changed her name Wow. And when and I, I think of that when I, I parallel that to what scripture tells us, right? I think it's uh, Isaiah 62, two, maybe okay. Okay. it says that God will give us a new name that he mm. speaks over us. Yes. And just like you see a Jesus in the New Testament he, and even in the Old Testament, the Hebrew. And I don't know if you know this, but uh, or, or those listeners who know this, that uh, when we have a name, the Hebrew name often associated with with the people that was it, it kind of labeled their trajectory, right? Like Jacob, right? Yeah. His, his name. Um, but anyways, but whenever God would give him a new name, he said, I'm giving you a new purpose. Your new yes. name is a new purpose, right? The purpose. old you yeah. is gone. The new you is here. That's and it. so when he adopts you, you have a new name. You have wow. a new purpose right and so now you're a child and so you're you're talking about purpose and god says in in ephesians right and, and i was just telling you just a minute ago and, and just now whenever i was studying it last night i was thinking i was trying to figure out how my message needed to be about the saints what it means yeah. to be a saint right yeah but yeah. I, I read uh the verse where he, he said that he he adopted us and i felt god say wow. no, no no you need to talk about how we need to be adopted oh, sons adopted good. sons and well, some of your listeners, you may be a, a woman and you say, well, what, what do you mean by a son? Well, in that time in the tradition, it, it meant that whenever you were the firstborn son, you received all of the inheritance, Wow, all of it. And so God is saying, whether you are male or female, it doesn't matter. I want to adopt you as the one who's going to inherit, inherit all of my inheritance which wow. is the richness of riches and all the spiritual blessings in heavenly places and God, you know something that that's so good came to mind yeah and it, it 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 takes a step further right because here's something that we need to understand you can look and you can drive by maybe you go to birmingham or anywhere really in in, in the united states you can see someone who's homeless right yeah and and you can you can see what they need and and maybe you'll you'll give them a you'll give them some money right and yeah. you You'll be very graceful. That would be very nice of you to do that. You'll be a loving person. What if you take that love a step further? What if instead of just giving the money, you said, hey, let me pick you up. You pick them up. You take them to your house. Uh, you you give them a shower. You give them new clothes. You give them more money Come to on. help them and whatever. Come on. And let's say, and that would be very loving, right? You would be yeah. applauded, right? Maybe yeah. even someone would use you like Dalton would use you in a message, right? For doing that. <laughs> yeah. But let's say you take it a step further. Let's say you guarantee them a job. 
Let's mm. say you search out, you try to give them a job. Let's say that you pay for all their medical bills to get their health in the right wow. place that they need to be. Come on. Let's say that you tell them, you know what? You can stay at this house as long as you want to. I don't even know you, but I trust you. I love you. You can stay at this house, mm. right? Yeah. In essence, you know what you're doing? You're changing that person's life. Yes. You? Come on. You can do all of that without adopting them into your family. Oof. You can do all of that without yeah. making you their family. So in essence, you're saying that God, he can save us from hell. Mm. He can give us the Holy Spirit. He yeah. can bring it. He can give us all the blessings in heavenly places. He can do all of that without adopting us. Wow. So then you would think, well, maybe adoption is unnecessary. Mm. And to us, it may seem that way. But to God, he says, no, no, no. I want to adopt you because I love you. I want Ooh. that relationship. I want you to be my child. It's oh, so much more God, than the blessing. So good. I want to be your blessing. And man. so that's something, man, I paralleled that with something that you uh, you spoke on one of your podcasts in the past. You said that uh, the blessing from God is not just heaven. It is Jesus. Yes. It is Jesus. It's that relationship. And that just goes two and two together with all that. We just need to realize that our purpose is not just to receive a blessing. It's not just to receive a maybe a, a new car or a new ride. It's not just to have a, an easier work, do good, get good. Yeah. Um, and God blesses those who, who help themselves. It is God. Our purpose is a connection with him. Yeah. He created us for a relationship and connection. That is our purpose. No, absolutely, man. Absolutely. That is amazing. That is our purpose and I'm so excited, like you brought that so good, like being adopted, like you may feel like there, I don't feel like I'm God's child. You know what? God chose us to teach, like when you adopt somebody, you're choosing. That's what you're talking about, how your mom said, I felt chosen by this guy who adopted, this family who adopted me. And God, he chooses us to, to, to adopt us into his family, man. You are loved. If you don't know it out there tonight, you are loved you are loved so much because God has it. When you give your life to Jesus, he adopts you into his family, gives you full inheritance. Man, that's what we are. I mean, we are the bride of Christ and we are co-seated with Jesus in the heavenlies. I mean, that's what hey. Ephesians talks about. And that is who we are in Christ. And that is our identity. And so I'm telling you what, finding your purpose in God, you can find it when you find your identity, when you know that you are a child of God and that you are the bride of Christ and you've got to understand that there are works that God has called you to do. And so we have got to quit just sitting around thinking that, you know what, one of the things I think that plagues the church is the belief that, you know, there's a big problem with the church today that I think is that they say, well, since God is all-knowing, then, then we don't have to do anything because everything's going to work out on its own because he set it up. It's all going to work out on its own. He's got it all planned out. And I just don't believe that because, you know, over 25 times in the New Testament, Jesus talks about rewards. It talks about Ooh. rewards. It talks about yeah. receiving a reward. And the last thing that Jesus says in Revelation, in Revelation 22, in the last paragraph, he says this right here. I'll pull this verse up right here. Talk about finding your purpose. He says this. He says, look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what? To what they have done. 
Talk about that right there ought to get you up out of your seat, off the couch, and go, you know what? Mm. I need to spend time with God on the tractor. I need to spend time with God in my alone time. I need to spend time with God in the car. I need to spend time with God and begin to listen and find out what he's asking me to do because Jesus is coming quickly. He's coming soon, and he's going to repay each person rewards according to what they have done on this earth. It's very biblical. God gives us works to do and never says that we'll do them. So if you want to find your purpose in life, it all starts with spending time with Jesus, hearing his voice, and then being obedient to what he's calling you to do, because we're going to be, you know, we're going to be judged again for our sin. That's already been taken care of on the cross. You know, and that's mm. one thing that I, I feel like, I feel like a lot of people think this, Dalton. I feel like a lot of people think that Christianity um, is about giving their life to Jesus and that the cross is this. The cross is a dead end. Oh, they think, well, the cross is a dead yeah. end, and you know what? I just stop at the cross, give my life to Jesus at this dead end, and, it, it, and it's just I just stay there my entire life with Jesus. No, Jesus says to mm. come to him, and then we receive life, we're raised up, but then what does he say? He says, go, go into all the world and preach the gospel. So the actual uh, sign that we would be at the cross for us would be this one. It would be a stop sign. We would stop always. We stop our life. We stop all ways of our life, and we receive what we need at the cross from Jesus, the blood of Jesus, to to, so to cover our sins. But it's a stop sign. We stop there, and then Jesus says, Go. Go into all the world. Shine your light so that everyone can see and glorify your Father in heaven. And just, and just in case you want to know, in case you don't f just forget about this, this is what Jesus says the last thing I'm saying in the Bible in Revelation 22, the last paragraph in the Bible, he says, don't forget, I'm going to reward you for all that you've done. Man, if there's anything else that moves me, Dalton, and keeps me on my purpose for life and finding my purpose and spending time with Jesus is I want to hear what he's telling me to do so that I know I'm mm. going to get rewarded in heaven. And so I don't know about you, man, that that fires me up. And I know that oh, yeah. I cannot believe it's almost been an hour of hanging out with you here. So we're getting down what? to the end. I know we're getting down to man, the end of this episode. So is there anything you want to leave us with, my man? Oh man. Well, um, no, I just love you, man. Thank you so much for, for having me. This has been such a good talk, you know, and, and speaking of baptism, right? Like yes. you, that's, I know that had to be such a blessing just oh, like, just gosh. for him, the Holy spirit, speaking of works, right? The Holy yes. spirit spoke to your, your nephew saying, and that, that was your nephew, right? I yes. Just nephew. Make sure. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he was, he said, I want to be baptized, right? That yes. is, that is a, a, a work, right? Yeah, like absolutely. That, that I, and I, some of some people may believe something different, but I don't believe that baptism is what saves us. Um, right. At least water baptism, but yeah. it is essential, right? And yes. some people call it a, uh, a. It's just a symbol. It's just a. It's just symbolism. It's just symbolic. And and I, I would like to respond. Well, if you're married, take your wedding band off and see if mm. your wife responds. And you say, "Well, I'm wow. sorry, honey. It's just symbolic." You know, it's, it's wow. It's, it, yeah. It's not, you know, and so that is, a good word. that is a good word, right? It comes out of you and that only comes from listening to the Holy Spirit from that relationship yeah. with them. So that's, that's amazing, man. That's so that's so good. No, that's it was super cool. And you know, what was so cool to watch Swade, um, be obedient to what he heard. He's just driving around yeah. the road with his dad and the Holy Spirit speaking to him saying, get baptized. Okay. He mm. begins obedient. Well, when his obedience to get baptized at the lake, 
impacted another person's life, like impacted Ooh. my sister-in-law Cheyenne's life to have that moment she's been wanting to have. And she said after the baptism, she felt so free and so just light because she was just washed clean and free and had that fresh moment with Jesus. And Swade's obedience, just if you're out there, your obedience impacts other people even when you don't even know it.